0: Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage technology advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people when the worldwide developers confer. I'm your host,
1: Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two
0: along the way. And we are just a week and a day out from WWDC so you know what that means Noah you're more than halfway through your WWDC advent calendar it's time to start putting the Tims on the tree and lay out your airpods and airtags for the the Johnny Ive reindeer uh huh Uh -huh. I'm committing to this very I'm making this up on the spot it's going well with just a week to go before the worldwide developers conference i don't know Noah, do you have your apple sticker tinsel decoration set up on your on your christmas tim not, <laughs> not yet. But I will say it's <laughs> no. not a bad it's not a bad analogy because
1: WWDC does feel like uh, Christmas. It really does in some ways.
0: Yeah, and it's about six months away from Christmas in either mm-hmm. direction. Yeah, exactly. Next week is going to be WW Eve. Mm-hmm. All the developers, you know. I, wait a minute. Hang on a second. What's that song? Dang it, it would have been so funny <laughs> if I had prepared this ahead of time. Maybe I'll do it for next time. I'll come up with like a little poem. Okay, that for would WWDC be That would be great. And it'll be really funny. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, I'm excited. I don't know about you, Noah, but I'm excited for this this year's dub dub. There's a lot of potential and more importantly, a lot of unknowns. That's
1: true. I'm always excited for WWDC because, uh, you know, when there's hardware events, you can be excited about them. If you're not getting the products, a little less exciting. But you're, but you're always getting. Oh my god! You're always getting the software. You're always getting the software. Yeah, and a
0: wall panel falling off. Wow, well, they're always getting that too. But uh, but you know when new, or two and two. But, oh God, did you put, you didn't put new tape on, did you? No, I did not. You idiot. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, when
1: there's new software coming out, you're always going to get the new software. So there's always at least something to be excited about. And I agree with you. There's a lot of potential. Uh, we've heard some rumors about new features coming to the operating systems. We've heard rumors about potential uh, hardware teasers. There's a lot to be interested in for this year. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, this year, I think, honestly, the the most exciting aspect of this year is the hardware question because there are a lot of things that could happen at WWDC, and quite frankly, a lot of them are, uh, could be very exciting, but I guess we're also going in with the potential of, uh-oh, what if nothing happens, and then we all want to cry – because that's what happened last year. We didn't get any hardware. We thought we were getting, you know, the redesigned iMac, but then that happened sooner. We thought maybe we were getting MacBook Pro, and then that didn't happen. And honestly, last year's WWDC was very underwhelming. So one can only hope that this year could be an improvement. I hope, right?
1: Yeah, I think. I remember last year was definitely disappointing and you know there were some some decent upgrades i guess but nothing super exciting and obviously there was no hardware uh like you said so yes i remember that the sentiment last year was definitely underwhelming and i'm really hoping uh that there is more in store uh for this year and you know going off the rumors we we can hope but again like you said there were some rumors
0: last year so you know we got to see what happens That's true. There were rumors last year. Um, So I guess there's really no guarantees here. The one thing that I will say is this is now the first Apple event with an in-person component in two years. So one would perhaps hope, I don't want to say assume, but one could perhaps hope, that a return to having an in-person component would mean that you'd want to have something exciting for those people to, to talk about. Because otherwise, I don't know. what are you. Wh- Last year's WWDC was so boring that pretty much no one would have really, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would have been worth going to as an in-person event and when you have people traveling hundreds of miles and going to this in-person component that's only for the keynote remember there's no conferences during the whole week I'm pretty sure you would expect you would expect that the the actual announcement is the main event this year so it should be interesting yeah that's a good point i think last year definitely would have
1: been I mean, it was it was underwhelming, but especially if you were there in person, and you know that's what got announced. And I'm also wondering, and I forget if this is at the product launches or if they also do it at DubDub. Dub, um, but like the you know, there's like the press room afterwards where they have new products or maybe the new. I don't know if they have the new software for this, but uh, do they do that? Do you know?
0: I think that they the the press room is usually for products mm-hmm. um with WWDC they usually have like developer workshops and stuff mm-hmm. but that's over the course of the week and i don't believe that's happening this year yeah that that
1: makes sense but i do think yeah if you're going to go all the way out there uh you're going to want to see something you're going to want to see something more than than we saw last year and i'm hopeful that uh that, that we can that we can get that
0: this year i'm i'm optimistic about it so i've actually got the schedule here if i can find it if it could load okay so yeah the keynote is 10 a.m pacific on june 6th it's yeah, so it's an online-only event, but a select number of developers have have been invited for a viewing event. Following the keynote, I just heard a wall panel. Yep. Oh, God. Was yep. that the other... Dude, put new tape on it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Because look which two are still up. I know, I know. My goodness. What a sham. Um so after the keynote they have a platform state of the union for developers at 1 p.m on june 6th so that's three hours after the keynote after after that at 5 p.m they have the apple design awards and then starting june 7th they're providing session videos on the new features coming to ios 16 iPadOS 16, tvOS 16, macOS 13, and watchOS 9. Oh, God, we're going to have to watch like spiels on all of the little tiny features on all of those different platforms. Mm -hmm. God, every time, it's kind of funny because every time Apple starts to talk about, now let's talk about Apple TV or now let's talk about tvOS, every single person watching goes, all right, let me check my phone. (laughs) Yeah. Like, no one cares. I mean, okay, sure. Maybe Apple TV is, like, good or whatever. Yay. Maybe you like it. Maybe you use it. Cool. But nobody wants event time for it. It's so boring. Yeah, that's...
1: I mean, you know, for all the engineers that that work on it, all the people that work on it, uh, I guess it's cool to have that shouted out. But at the same time, I don't think... There's been anything interest like anything really interesting since the Apple TV four, which was a long time ago.
0: Yeah, honestly, if I got offered a job at Apple, they're like, "Hey Luke, we want to pay you a million, a million dollars uh-huh. to be on to be on the team," and I'm like, "Oh boy, wow, what team?" And they're like, "TVOS." I'd quit you'd give up a million dollars
1: and a job yeah. at apple yeah yeah mm-hmm. i believe
0: you <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would just be so bo- like it's not even apple tv plus you know where they're like doing stuff and like making movies it's tvos they're like oh the app tiles have parallax effect wow I mean it's a pretty cool parallax
1: effect. You gotta you gotta give him give him credit there.
0: Gotta give him a million dollars. Yeah. Wall OS one point nine crashed. This is accurate. And you're the cause of it, Noah. Yeah. You lazy son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Someone I'm sorry. I just saw this. I'm going to guess 20 to 221 inches, and I don't see the context for this, and I don't think we talked about this, and I'm so confused. I think it's meant to be 20 to 21,
1: probably, and I'm not sure what the context
0: oh, is. Oh! For like a screen size? The new iPad. 20 inches. Hmm. That would be a lot. Eye table. Yeah. Well, you know, that's actually not far off because I don't know if you know this, Noah, but the original Microsoft Surface was not a tablet. Or was it? It was a table. Like, fully a table. It was the size of a table. It was like 70 inches. Really? Mm-hmm. And it ran and windows. It was, yeah. Yeah i mean like a version of it but yeah but it was I, honestly i feel like that's probably a better use of the term microsoft surface that's why it was called that because mm. it was literally a surface yeah that makes sense that's pretty funny i did not know that although lemon advance comments correctly Technically, any table Microsoft has is a Microsoft Surface. That is true. It's not wrong. You could also say that that would be probably true for walls as well. Or is a Surface only horizontal?
1: Mm, I don't think so. I think a Surface could be... Even even the ceiling could be a, a Surface, I would say. I don't know if you'd want a a, a screen mm. up there, but I think it could be.
0: Webster's Dictionary defines a surface as the outside or any one side of an object. So... Yeah. A lot of the examples that they give do seem to be tops. She floated on the water's surface. Mm -hmm. The outside appearance on the surface. To come to the surface. But... Aside can be a surface as well. Yeah, this is this is great conversation. This is, this is a, Let's a move fantastic on. Fantastic discussion. <laughs> Let's move on. So most no, I take that back. All of the in-person WWDC things are happening on June sixth. Mm-hmm. So I guess they added a couple of little stinky things after the keynote to keep people busy. They're like, Hey, how's, how about a design award? And people are like, okay, cool. They're like, Hey, what if we show you another thing? And they're like, all right, you gotta justify flying out to California somehow more than just an hour and a half keynote. But they're not going there for the, for the developer meetings and, you know, one-on-one sessions and all of that stuff. They're going there for the keynote and i'm sorry but if you're gonna invite people to a place after you haven't invited people for the place for two years for covid reasons you kind of want to do something a little bit cool don't you think i agree and i will also say i think the so
1: the platform state of the union happens every year and the apple design awards happen every year, I guess, around mm-hmm. that time. I'm sure that's usually in person as well. So it's not, you know, that's all normal. Uh, you know, all three of those events uh, that you mentioned, they're all normal things to expect. But of course, yeah, it's one day. There's gotta be something interesting mm-hmm. uh, that's gonna happen. And I also am very curious about the, uh, what do I say, the viewing experience? Because it sounds like, it sounds like, yeah. and I don't know if this is true, but it sounds like we're gonna get a similar style keynote that we've been getting for the past two years. And not the old-fashioned, like, on-a-stage keynote. That's what it sounds like to me, but I could be wrong.
0: I I would tend to agree. I think... So, here's the thing. If you're going to go back to an in-person keynote, then crowd size becomes an issue. Because I my understanding is they're keeping this relatively small. And that means if you do do an in-person on-stage style event then you won't you won't get the uproarious applause and like cheers that make that feel more grand to the people that watch it online which is let's be honest the vast majority so that is definitely something i could see them Doing some some sort of a hybrid like I don't think they're going to get in and sit down and the teachers going to come out with an overhead projector. And a VHS player and say alright class today we're going to watch a movie make sure to follow along with this handout because there will be questions about this movie on the test that will therefore ruin the experience of watching the movie uh-huh. because it's no longer for enjoyment purposes and now it's for learning purposes. And also, the movie will be broken into 17 different class periods where you will get to watch four minutes of footage per <laughs> class period. Wow, you I don't think some, they're going to do that. Some, uh, some trauma there, I can tell. Yeah. And then... When they start playing the movie, they're going to start with the mouse in the top right-hand corner of the machine <laughs> and slowly and shakily wander across to click on the play button mm-hmm. of the video. Mm-hmm. And then after the 17 different class periods where they show it, you will, they'll, they'll, the credits will roll They'll stand up, and they'll start talking as everyone in the class watches the autoplay circle start to load. And with with great, you know, fear in your heart, you'll watch as it starts playing another unrelated video that showed up in their school accounts' recommended videos. Uh-huh. Which will then take the teacher completely by surprise, as if it's the first time that this has ever happened and that it doesn't happen every single class period and they'll go oh my goodness my whole train of thought is derailed who could have foreseen this
1: yeah and i also i think think you forgot an important part which is when they wander the mouse down and press the play button they leave the mouse there
0: so that the play controls don't go away yes that's very important yes exactly and (laughs) And so then you'll be sitting there for twenty five minutes, <laughs> with the the play bar stuck on the screen, on a four by three aspect ratio. Oh. Yep. Good, good times. Good. Good old days. Oh, and also every four minutes, it'll go fling. As an email (laughs) chimes and pops up in full view of the class where it says, like, hey, so this guy did cocaine in the bathroom. And then we're like, we all know that now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh. Oh, and every time an unskippable ad comes up. Or no, every time a skippable ad comes up and they're... Their mouse is over the play pause button and therefore needs to go to the right side of the screen. A very slow meandering journey across this great distance of a thirteen inch display will will take so long that you will have been fully advertised too.
1: That's right, and that's a lot that's a, a big bang for your buck. That's like what, twenty something people?
0: Watching that ad, oh yeah, that's twenty something people. It's amazing, and it only counts as one view. You're only yeah. paying for one view. Exactly, that's a life hack. Yeah. So apparently, actually, according to this comment here, they changed it so that the play controls go away, mm-hmm. even if you leave the mouse on it. Oh, that's that's very good. Teachers everywhere have been foiled. How will they ruin viewing experiences now? That's, they're gonna have to find. They're gonna have to find new ways to do it. <laughs> they're gonna have to find new ways to make watching something on in in class an unbearable experience. Mm-hmm. Ugh, dude, how many times did we watch movies that were uploaded to YouTube in 360p quality? on a projector that took them 20 minutes to set up that they broke a two hour movie into like six classes with the play pause button up oh and every time there's a banner ad forget it Uh that's staying up the entire time (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) there it will stay up until the end of the universe Mm. yep those are uh
1: there's just some good memories and then i see some people in the comments talking about vhs's and i remember i guess maybe vhs for some time and dvd for some time but they'd roll in the cart with the crt mm-hmm. with the strap yep. over the top of the tv and they'd have to the, have that they'd have the vhs player the dvd player maybe even a combo player i don't want to get uh too crazy here and, uh, and that was uh
0: that was always a classic as well but the thing about the 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 thing about the CRT cart is that it always had way too many wires. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it would always have a plug built into the side of it, right? So it had right. like a power strip. So okay. realistically, they would use the speakers on the TV because, of course. So you don't need wires for that. Mm-hmm. So it would only have a power cord for the TV. It would have a power cord for the vhs drive and then component cables where did all those wires come from there were always a thousand wires the mystery of the universe was contained in the knot that was formed by those wires yeah they've got to be and then it's like whenever there was a problem whatever
1: the problem was maybe the sound wasn't working maybe the video wasn't very good you got all these wires that you can play with and be like, ooh, is it this one? Is it this one? Do I switch over to this one?
0: It was always like an adventure to, to, to do that. And the VHS tape was always so worn out because every single class that they showed it to was in a different spot. So they were constantly pausing it and rewinding it and fast-forwarding it. So the people on the screen would always be like, <laughs> you know, from side to side. And it would have like a sometimes I don't know if you guys had this, but sometimes because we would like they would only show a certain part of the movie and they wouldn't show the whole thing, which really pissed me off because it's like, I want to see the whole thing. I don't know what happens. Mm -hmm. And They would say, oh, don't worry. He makes it out at the end. I'm like, I would like to have seen that. (laughs) But sometimes they'd have like a thin spot in the VHS from where it had been like stopped all these times. And so the image would go a little bit faint for a couple seconds. Oh yeah, classic. So all of this is to say that we don't think that's what Apple's gonna do at WWDC. So what I think is more likely is a hybrid event. Tim Cook will probably make an appearance and he won't just be rolling out the little VHS TV, Mm -hmm. although that would be hilarious yeah he will in fact most likely come out do some of the you know the opening bits and then introduce a film perhaps i don't know it's a little weird i guess it is kind of like when you would go in and have a movie day yeah pretty much not that different i think
1: my here's my theory that i'm gonna This is based off of nothing, but I'm just going to put this out there. This is my official prediction for what's going to happen is. uh, So the intro part is Tim Cook always starts and ends the event. And I think that those parts are going to be in person, like you said, and it's going to be live. So that's going to be live streamed of Tim Cook on the stage, the people in the audience. You know, if they're in their big theater, maybe the people will be social distance every second or third or fourth seat. Uh, to fill out the room and to keep people separate. But I think that part will be in person. And then the rest of the mm. keynote will be the style that we're used to. And those people will just watch it on the screen in there. And we're just going to you know see it like we've been seeing it for two years. And then at the end, it's going to go back to Tim Cook in that room. So that's my
0: theory. That's what I think is going to happen. But I don't know. I have an idea. This This conversation and what you just said reminded me of something. What's that? Which was in WWDC I'm going to share my little tabaruni here in WWDC 2020 they did the little drone tour right so then they went to Steve Jobs Theater and they had the stage and they had Timmy Boy walking out on the stage to his like stand up comedian stool mhm and so I would honestly see them doing something like this, right? He he comes out and he's like, "WWDC is incredibly important to so many people." Good morning, <laughs> and course. then you know he talks and talks and here he goes, here he goes. He's like, "Oh wow, look at this. We got to talk about some stuff." He did a little. They were talking about the um, the Black Lives Matter issues that had happened just before then, so that was a good. Um, little addition there they talked about coronavirus they talked about what they're doing about coronavirus and then what did they do? what did they do next? this is a good refresher actually because I think they're probably going to do this too oh so then they they talked about their platforms and then they went and they were like sending it over to Craig and then I believe after that we went full virtual Mm -hmm. we can scrub through this here you know, we had their little demo videos. We had their little thing. I'll turn off closed captions there. iPad OS, Watch OS, Privacy, TV OS, which f- gloriously was only like five minutes. <laughs> I don't think I could have handled any more than that. Then there was Mac OS Big Sur, and then they talked about Apple Silicon, and then only at the very end did they go back to s- to Tim Cook in Steve Jobs' theater, where he gave some updates. I think that's a pretty decent um, layout that we should probably expect for this year, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, I think, I definitely think uh, that some, I think the beginning and the ending are going to be live streams because you know for the people that are going out there and they're sitting in steve jobs theater wherever they're going to be sitting probably there uh you know they gotta they gotta have something they can't just you know go in there and it's like they're watching a movie. Mm. there's got to be something it's a viewing experience right there's got to be they got to experience something they're not just going to watch a movie uh, and i think that we are going to get the nice transitions uh even the ones going into Uh, the theater and you know going out of the theater and there's going to be you know it's going to happen twice once at the intro and once at the end and you know the production Mm -hmm. team will be uh, very creative about how they do that because they have to pre-film the transitions Um, but they'll they'll do that we can look out for that but i think that it's going to still be a very well-produced event like we're used to because you can't go back from that they're just they're just too good um but i do think that we'll get a little bit of in person which will be a nice change
0: so i I think it's a good compromise as long as we get some craig time i'm okay with it oh yeah craig shines at wwdc and i have high expectations frankly oh yeah he's
1: he's always uh he's always there and we always love to see him and uh and i definitely think that Whoever is in charge of, you know, the marketing or the writing or whatever for this event, I think they've definitely caught on to the uh, the status that that Craig has, and they've given him some good uh, some good lines and some good uh, goofy things. So I'm sure that we'll
0: see something something good uh, this time. I mean, Craig had that one meme. Remember in 2020, because they were talking about the Apple Silicon transition. He did the opening the laptop thing mm-hmm. that transcended even the tech community that became like just a meme in general when people didn't even know who Craig was and it was still part of the meme thing. So they got a top. That's a high bar. That's true. There was That was a great
1: one. Uh, there's usually a funny story about uh, the Mac OS naming. So hopefully they'll keep that up uh, as well. And, uh, and I, I think that we'll, that we'll see
0: some funny stuff because they usually they usually do that, and it's always it's always appreciated. Now let's talk about what we could expect, because obviously, um, we've talked about things that we would want for the operating systems. And I would be curious to hear, you know, in the comments what you guys are looking forward to, what you're hoping for. Um, I think personally, the thing that would be most impactful uh, in terms of getting a big update would be iPad OS I think that's the software that needs the most work right now yeah oh yeah iPadOS there there's there can be new
1: features for every platform you can always think of things but iPad OS like needs it I don't think any other platform mm-hmm. needs. Updates and fixes, you know, they're always nice to have. I don't think anything is really lacking. iPadOS is so lacking uh, that that's where they really need to to shine. I 100% agree.
0: Yeah, that's... it's It needs to happen. Um, I'm really hoping that we'll start to see some of that, like, pro mode... Uh, little inklings that we've heard about. Now... I wouldn't expect anything too crazy just because Apple isn't actually very good at obfuscating the stuff they're working on in their builds. And oftentimes stuff will end up in current versions of iOS that are for future versions of iOS and you'll see leaks on that. So things that are really, really major, those oftentimes are hard to hide and they won't stay hidden but I don't believe we've had any super big ones. So, I'm I'm expecting not a ton for um hardware, I for software this year. It's not a super cycle year like Big Sur was.
1: Yeah, and I think that those are going to be harder and harder to to come by as time goes because all these software platforms are very mature and at this point you know you can add frosting features you can add you know to use the term that you Mm. like to use frosting features uh you know you can add those you can add uh you know like the focuses it was a decent upgrade. It kind of cleaned up some of their stuff because they had the, the, the do not disturb while driving and they had the workout mode and they had do not disturb. They had all these like separate things. And so they sort of unified them together. They cleaned that, that part up a bit and that's, you know, a decent thing. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a huge impact, but it was, you know, a nice little thing. And then there are some bigger things like mm-hmm. widgets. That's obviously been a long time coming um and you know it's great to see that i'd like to see more interactable widgets in ios 16 um because right now when you uh make widgets uh when you have an action on a widget the action has to open the app so if you tap on anything on the widget it has to open the app in order to do an action Mm. so you can't have like a pause play uh next back like any buttons that you have have to open the app i'd like to see more interactivity uh, in that regard that would be one of my major things uh, that that I would that
0: I would think of yeah that's a very good point i i oftentimes forget about that but i do have a music widget that i put on my home screen and it's not that useful frankly i mean it doesn't really let you do all that much it just kind of gives you quick access to things that you like you you basically just get a couple different Well, there's also like something like this where it just pulls up a song. Mm -hmm. And I have not listened to this song in ages, so this is not helpful for me. (laughs) Um, So sometimes it'll pull that up. Sometimes it'll pull up like the recent albums that you listen to. It's really not all that helpful. And I agree. I think if you could actually control app functions with the widgets rather than just being glorified shortcuts that just go into an app, that would make them a lot more useful. That'd be kind of like what Android does where it actually gives you information and you can interact within the widget itself. I know that they have the the smart stack and they have some widgets where you can scroll and swipe inside the widget. So I think if they expanded upon that to make it a little bit more, you know, useful, that'd be nice.
1: Yeah, I definitely think cuz I have built a few uh, a few widgets as well, and there's some Whoa. great things about the way that their that their system works. It's very, uh, they they take care of a lot of the the heavy lifting for you. Uh, but there is there is more they could do for interactivity. I think that's one of the main things. Um, you know, there's not a ton else that I can think of that I really need. But I guess you know to get to the point, um, you know that that we were saying is you know this, yeah. So iPad OS is the one that really really needs the work, and I would be hopeful that they could do something for multitasking. I remember, um, I think it was uh, last year, right, where they did the three dots uh, thing at the top where you could select, like, move this to one side or move this, like, off the screen. You know what I'm talking about? I think that was last year, yeah. right? So there was, you know, yeah, a little little step in the right direction. And hopefully this year they can take some more steps in the right direction, make the multitasking more powerful. It's got an M1 in it. They gotta, They got to step up the software.
0: Yeah, I mean almost all the iPads at this point have M1s. You've got the iPad Pros. You've got the iPad Air. That chip is already so much more powerful than the A14 that was already more than powerful enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the list of Macs that are supported by Monterey, I'm trying to find this here, Mac OS Monterey supported... Devices. I believe the oldest thing that you will be able to use is an early 2015 MacBook Air. Hmm. Yeah, the early 2015 MacBook Air and Pro are supported, and those are unbelievably weak dual core i5s at this point. I mean, when you look at the Geekbench score of an A, what's the lowest end product? Or uh, what's the lowest end processor? There's an A12? No, it's an A13. That's the mm-hmm. weakest iPad, right? I'm not 100% sure, but I, I definitely trust you. I think the iPad base model, the cheapest one, has the A13. So the lowest and the least powerful iPad has a multicore score of around 3,500. Now, if I do a MacBook Air 2015, those have a score of around (laughs) 1,000. Yeah. Yeah, so the weakest iPad that you can buy right now is three times faster than the weakest Mac that's still supported. Now, granted, there are old iPads that are still supported, like the, I think even the iPad Air 2 from 2014 is still supported, which is absolutely redonkulous. Yeah. Like, what? But, I mean, honestly, I would not be mad if they restricted certain features to newer chips. That's understandable. I just want them to exist
1: yeah exactly for the for the majority of people i'd i'd think that the majority of people are are uh you know on these newer devices and I would also think that the the majority of people that want these stronger uh these better multitasking features uh or better pro features in general would be on that hardware right the people that want these uh pro features are not going to be on a twenty fourteen ipad air they're gonna be on yeah one of the new iPad pros or something with an m1 or or, or, a, or a late series a processor. So yes if they if they want to restrict it if the the experience is not good on the lower end and they want to restrict it, that's fine. the people using those devices I really don't think they're gonna care um, but you know those features need to exist um, because I the software is holding back the iPad
0: so much it's it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, kind of sad is is definitely. Accurate. I mean, I, I for one can't believe that they support so many devices and yet don't give the newer ones any real up upside to it. Like iPad OS is exactly the same on a 2014 iPad Air 2 as it is on a brand new $1,500 iPad Pro. That just seems like a waste of opportunity you know you have a larger screen that doesn't do anything aside from make the same interface appear larger uh it's they really do need to do something about that because it's 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 overdue it's been overdue for years at this point yeah and i think um you know you
1: you you could say it's a good thing like you know no matter what ipad you have you're going to get the same experience obviously, uh, you know, there are some sometimes there's features that require uh, a certain type of hardware, like, um, you know, I guess the unib, like some of the older Macs, maybe the unibodies didn't have, uh, I don't remember if they had, I guess they had airdrop, but like the continuity, I think the unibodies didn't have. And there were some things like that, that were Mm. hardware limitations. Um, I don't know if the iPad has that as much, but, um, but, but, you know, barring that it really is the same experience, which, you know, you could say is a good thing that they're not, putting features behind not a paywall but behind like a need to upgrade but at the same time there needs to be features to take advantage of this more powerful hardware and if it's not going to work on the older devices and if they need to uh you know put a barrier there uh to like a minimum uh spec then that's what they got to do but they need to to bring these features in
0: i mean they've been doing that on the mac for a while it's not particularly crazy they, there are some features that are apple silicon only even mm. if you have like a very powerful intel mac true so it it's it's i think a quite defensible i'm sure people will get mad about it of course they'll be like why oh uh, my ipad's eight years old it's running on an <laughs> a6 chip and i'm mad that i can't do all the newest stuff on it but like yeah i i'm okay with it apple you have our permission here on dark mode you have dark mode's <laughs> collective permission to feature wall some older iPads into not having certain things. Yes, please do it. If that's what it takes, please do it. We'll take it. Now, as for macOS, um, gosh, I don't even know. I don't, what, what is there to do? I mean, obviously, you know, now we have universal control, which is cool. I can't say I really use it, Ever. I've never used but, it. Yeah. Um, it's a good idea. The people that do use it love it. Apart from that, I, I can't really think of any major like holes in macOS. The only thing really would be and this is maybe less macOS related, but having better optimization for Apple Silicon. Um There's only so much that that Apple can actually do, but there are a lot of apps that just struggle taking advantage of all that Apple Silicon has to offer. And I can't help but wonder if maybe there's something Apple can do on an OS level to facilitate that, to make it easier to something, something that gives Apple Silicon more of a chance. I'm also low-key hoping that they give us a uh, ye olde Final Cut Pro update, because right now Final Cut Pro doesn't really take advantage of the M1 Ultra. It's kind of ironic. If you compare the the GPU uh, con- contribution, Final Cut Pro doesn't even notice a difference between the 48 and the 64 core. Mm-hmm. It, it literally, zero seconds different. It's not even like, oh, it's, it's a little bit faster it is identical it does not even use the extra power hmm. so d- do please
1: thank you that's i i do think that uh you know hopefully we'll see something about the pro apps uh cuz there's always room there i think some general some general fixes. I saw there was a comment. Uh, I think system preferences needs to be cleaned up. I think that there are, I think that's actually a really mm-hmm. good point because if you look at like what Windows 11 did with the with their preferences, I think they uh, did a, they, they do a good job of making it easy to, um, you know, find where the settings are, find, uh, you know, what you're trying to actually do. Uh, you know, the, put the more common uh, stuff up first. It is also a bit janky, especially because when they when you go to like the iCloud stuff and it has to like load uh, data from the internet or whatever, that app can be kind of janky. Also, the Settings app on mobile. I think there are some opportunities in some of the system apps to clean them up a little bit, um, but there's nothing like like you said. There's nothing missing. There's no real holes to fill. Uh, we got a visual refresh recently, and I think it looks great. Um, I really like the, the, you know, the new icon look, and I like the way that all the third-party apps have taken advantage of it. So maybe it'll be another boring, uh, or mostly boring year for Mac OS. And I think that's honestly fine.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I mean, obviously... I always love when we're surprised with features that we didn't know we wanted. I would consider Universal Control to be one of them. I mean, that wasn't something that people were like, curse you, Apple. I need to be able to move my mouse from one Mac to the other Mac seamlessly and have it do that. Like, no one really said that, but it's a very cool and good feature. And honestly, that's that's what you should expect from apple that's that's what apple made a reputation doing when steve jobs unveiled the iphone he finished the keynote with a quote from wayne gretzky saying i aim for where the puck is going to be not for where it already is Mm -hmm. makes sense don't chase the trends try to figure out where it's going next that's the smarter move and so sometimes to do that you can't just be you know reacting, just giving people what they want. you have to be pre-acting giving people something that they didn't know that they wanted. That's what the iPod and the iPhone and the iPad all were. yeah that's that's definitely a good point. I think we could see
1: another cool feature uh, like that. I was also just thinking um, you know one of the big the big uh, things about Apple is their ecosystem of course. And, you know, you could see universal control is definitely part of that ecosystem idea because now they're like, hey, if you have an iPad and a Mac or you have two Macs or even three of them, you can make them all work together. So that's mm. just another little tool that's uh, making, uh, you know, bringing the ecosystem, uh, you know, making that even stronger of a, of a connection there. And Apple really likes to do that. I wonder if they could maybe do... Um, Something more with like continuity because right now continuity is if you have uh, an app open on one device, it'll show up and say, "Hey, you have this app open on on your other device," and you tap on it and it goes to where you are. I wonder if they could do more with that to say like not just, "Hey, you have this web page open in Safari," but like, "Hey, you're doing this mm. thing. Maybe the thing spans multiple apps or multiple tabs or whatever," and they say, "You know, I want to move my task that I'm doing." onto this device like what if there what if final cut came to the ipad which has been rumored for a very long time and what if you were doing final cut on your laptop and you were like hey i gotta go i want to move final cut onto my ipad and it'll move the stuff maybe it's an icloud maybe you had like a script open and it moves this like it just moves your whole context over something like that just like more more for the ecosystem and that could be you know maybe something apple could do maybe something that people it. aren't
0: expecting i don't know could be could be interesting i mean they really do need to bring like one of the big things you mentioned final cut pro is that it doesn't have any collaboration mm-hmm. options like it's all single user local library stuff and True. they really could stand to make it a little bit easier. They really should use iCloud more. Um, Ian Zelbo here is saying he pays four terabytes of iCloud storage. Why can you not back up your Mac to it? And that that's a great point. Um, it's a little weird, quite frankly, that you can back up every device known to man, including your freaking watch, but you can't back up your Mac. You can back other stuff up on your Mac, but what if your Mac... Dies, you have to have a a physical backup of it. It's it's 2022. Most of and Apple is still selling their stuff with like quarter terabyte SSDs, so it's not like it is that much stuff that has to get backed up in the iCloud servers anyway.
1: Yeah, that's true. They do have the weird thing where I think you like back up your desktop and documents folders, which is like I really yeah. I I. Don't use that. I really don't like that because it's like, first of all, you're limited to those two folders and okay. Oh no. <laughs> even the even, even the, the new tape. The relatively new tape didn't didn't make it this time. But wow. uh yeah, not not great. But um but yeah, okay. So the desktop and documents is uh, very it's very limited. Um, you know, some people don't use those folders in the same way as other people. And it just, it's, I don't know. I really don't like that system. I think like if they integrated Time Machine in, or if they gave you some control to say, hey, I want to sync these particular folders into iCloud. And then you don't have to drag them. You want to drag them into your iCloud drive because then that's kind of annoying. If you want to say, I want to sync, you know, this particular folder or subfolder or whatever, that would be a welcome change. And you know what? It would get more people using more iCloud data, which means they got to pay Apple more money. And Apple uh, always loves that. So, I think that could be something that we see.
0: It would definitely make sense. That is actually a very good idea. I'm... I'm, Gosh, every time a WWDC comes around, it is kind of fun because, at least on the software side, there are typically a lot of surprises. And this year especially, we have, I think, honestly, almost a historically... A historic lack of news and in terms of hardware there's there's even less now I'm I'm gonna let you guys know because between today May 29th and our next episode May 5th a lot can happen but as of right now I have no information none whatsoever, on which hardware could be launching. Obviously, we've heard news about, you know, a redesigned MacBook Air. There's a Mac Pro coming. Apple confirmed that there's a Mac Pro coming eventually. So there's a lot of things that we've heard about. But as of now, I have no information about the contents of WWDC from a hardware perspective. I just know that a lot of people are very, very certain that there will be hardware of some kind yeah and i think if I, I i
1: will make two predictions these will be these will be my official predictions and they very well may be wrong but i think that we are going to get a teaser of the mac pro because you know we've discussed this before uh, that the mac pro is very often teased at wwdc and then it's launched later in the year apple is very specific that it's coming um, and you know it's got to be coming soon. We had this whole discussion, I guess, a couple of weeks ago. But I do think that we're gonna get a teaser for it. And I also think um, I saw there was some news about uh, like a Reality OS uh, trademark was filed, and there was some other stuff going on with that. And you know that's if you know that is as much a software thing as a hardware thing. So maybe mm. WWDC would be an appropriate place to. Give a teaser, not a release date, you know, it's still a ways away. Maybe it could be appropriate place to give a teaser. Maybe that's gonna be next year's WWDC, um, as in, you know, twenty twenty three. But I think that would be another option to get a little teaser at what the software especially will look like because of course this is a software focused event. So I don't know. Those are my two predictions.
0: That's an interesting that's an interesting idea. I, I think that, that I think that we'll have to see. Make sure you write those down so that you can see how close you get. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing that I'm hoping to get some clarification on over the next week is uh, a new story that came out today that's sort of adding some confusion to the mix about uh, about this year's chips, essentially. Mm -hmm. The... Uh, the a16 and the m2 slash whatever they call it so here's the thing shrimp apple pro who is a twitter leaker that has gotten some things right and then also ming chi Kuo have discussed delays in the improved tsmc n3 and n4p fabrication process which would allow for a smaller node, 3 nanometer chips, significant performance boosts. And basically, they both think that that's not happening until next year. And so that leaves Apple in a bit of a a bit of a bind cuz what do you do this year? What do you do for the A16 and whatever Apple Silicon Max happen? Because I for one refuse to believe that if this new process is delayed until next year, that Apple won't release any new Macs until next year. I, I think we are at the point now where the original round of M1 devices are going to become too old. Like they are great, make no mistake, but they are getting a little old and in the tech space, having products that sit on the shelf, for a really long time is not a good idea. Now, it's not inherently bad. It doesn't make the M1 chip any worse, but it is actually going to artificially inflate the price um, because it's still current, right? So if you're trying to get a good deal on an M1, then you should also be hoping for a replacement for it. It's a little weird to think about, but it makes sense. Um, but but essentially what Ming-Chi Kuo shrimp apple pro are saying is that the a16 for the iphone 14 pro models will use the same process as the a15 so it would be essentially a minor bump like we saw going from 14 to 15 and so the the, the other thing that's weird is that ming chi Kuo said that the redesigned macbook air which we're expecting this year Faces the same technical limitations as the A16P, as the A16 with N5P, the production uh, fabrication process. And so he suggested that the big redesign is the major selling point and that they would debut the first M2 chips in next generation Pro and Max form with big performance gains but then that would mean launching an M2 no suffix which is essentially an A15 and like like it just gets so confusing because then you're talking about like okay so are they going to release an M2 chip this year that's a minor spec bump and then next year do an M2 Pro that's on a different fabrication process because that doesn't make sense. I can't possibly imagine developing chips on different fabs with the same name. Like a lot of this is very weird. And I I just honestly don't know what to make of it. Yeah, that
1: would be that would be interesting. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, the the names of the chips are marketing terms, but they should also mean something. And it would be weird to have a split between, you know, the standard one is using an older process and the, uh, the pro max ultra, whatever models are using the newer fabrication process. It could be possible. It's it's not impossible to happen. And, you know, there could be, uh, you know, there, it could be caused by, you know, these delays that are going on because of COVID and parts shortages and, and whatever else I'm sure that, uh, Apple had some other plan and they're just trying to make the best of the situation that they're in so it's it is, it's pretty
0: hard to say but it, it would be a little bit weird I, I agree with you Ugh, I am perplexed and that's honestly kind of a good thing because whenever we have like a pretty clear image of what Apple's going to do I mean it's definitely fun learning more about what Apple's going to do but when you know everything it's a little bit boring sometimes but right now we are in a complete you know black hole of information and I really like that because two months ago two months ago I gave you guys the Mac studio design beforehand and that was crazy that was an insane time but now just two months later we're in the complete opposite situation so it's cool that we can have Apple events that are both where you have the excitement of the leaks beforehand and then the excitement of, oh my gosh, the leaks are correct. And then on the flip side, having complete radio silence and having a ton of surprises. I love having both of those things because I really do love leaks and covering leaks and creating leaks. And I also love being surprised and we're getting to do both in the same year within two months of each other. That's awesome. Yeah, that's
1: definitely that. It was a very fun keynote, um, you know, to watch and see that everything, 99% of what you said turned out to be exactly true. Um, so that that's always fun. And, you know, it's always fun to go in and not know anything and to be, you know, hopefully pleasantly surprised. But at the very least, you know, you're seeing stuff that you uh, you didn't know what you were going to see and there's going to be something good in there, even if it's not the most exciting stuff in the world. You know, last year wasn't the most exciting stuff in the world, but there's always going to be some good stuff in there, and you're always uh, you're always going to be happy, happy to see it.
0: You know what else I'm going to be happy to see, Noah? I think I do. And what might that be? I think it's going to be the end of this episode. Whoa! I was going to say happy to see you in a couple of weeks when i come to visit california but if you think that i would be more happy to end this episode of dark mode than to fly to california to visit you then so be it i've been your host luke miani and i've been your host noah rubin have a great night